Today's episode is brought to you by Slater's 5050 and the Vegas Beer Guys. Shantz and Chu are washing their mouths out with soap because the How Dare You podcast contains explicit language. Hello and welcome to the How Dare You podcast, the Action Jackson edition. My name is Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. With me, my partner in crime, Lady Chu. Hi, Chu. Hey, Lady Chu here. So, last week we did Commando. This week, Action Jackson. We're firmly ensconced in 80s action. You did not like Commando, which I find <laughs> criminal. Actually, you know, we did. We talked last week about how I didn't have a grievance against you, but I did, really. You didn't <laughs> that like that movie. That was a grievance, that in itself. Fucking grievance. <laughs> <laughs> so you did not escape grievance. I really thought that that was going to be like my one week. I was like, wow, I didn't fuck up. Nope. Yeah, well, I can't say you fucked up. All of this is subjective, right? But you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but this week, we're dealing with Action Jackson. Like we said last week, Chu, you know, in terms of How Dare You Awards, this movie is firmly in the most formulaic ca- category as well, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, again, it's basically the same movie, One Man Army. Except this time he's a cop. Yeah. And he's being framed by the bad guys. And In the worst possible way. Just. <laughs> this wasn't. La- lazily, I would say. Lazily being set up. Yes. Also, he might be the worst cop in the world, but we'll get to that. <laughs> this movie was directed by Craig R. Baxley. The only movie that I can see that I recognize that he's also done to is called Stone Cold. You don't know this movie. I don't like Stone Cold. But Austin? it's a 1991 <laughs> movie starring Brian. No. Yeah, I think it's before Steve, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'd like to know if Stone Cold Steve Austin took his name from this movie. It's an action movie with Brian Bosworth. Brian Bosworth, the football player, hurt himself playing football, couldn't play anymore, started a movie career. And made this kind of deliciously terrible movie in 1991. But there are people in it, you know. I mean, Lance Hendrickson's in that movie. But that's the most I can say for Craig R. Baxley. And I can't say a lot for Action Jackson. This movie's not good. <laughs> Plain and simple. <laughs> it ain't good. Yeah, I don't think... It's not good. I, you know, we were talking earlier, the two of us... My friends and I loved this movie when it came out. We went to go see it. We loved everything about it. Uh, Ridiculous action movie, you know, but sort of also firmly in the realm of, uh, you know, a black exploitation movie, essentially. Small budget, $7 million, made $20 million in the USA. And it was released February 12th, which is when you release your shittiest movies. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like they knew right off the bat. So they were trying to say something, but they actually like they wanted to make a sequel to this movie. And it just sort of never happened because uh, something like the company that made it got sold to another company that had other things. And 
eventually it was just too wait. They waited yeah. too long and they were like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> Let's yeah. not. Do and that's it. fine because it wasn't necessary. Not no. good. Yeah, I haven't seen this movie in 30 years, and I could have waited another 30 years and then decided not to see it then, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. The one saving grace was goddamn Carl Weathers. Holy Ooh. fucking shit, that man's in shape. Wow. Like, just damn good looking. I watch that movie and think, I should do a sit-up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That guy is good looking and I am unattractive. <laughs> <laughs> like when you watch this movie, you just think I'm a piece of shit compared to Carl Weathers. I couldn't wait till the movie was over for multiple reasons, but for one in particular <laughs> to go tell Ethan and be like, whoa, Carl Weathers. He's like, yeah, what about him? Like, right? no. You need to go. You don't understand. See Carl Weathers is what Ooh, I'm saying. Like blown away. <laughs> wow. Well, how how what, how long is your list of grievances against this I've movie? I got twenty, and I think that's. Uh, I think that's too nice because this movie's bad. Right. That's the thing is when you're watching a really bad movie. I think you start, I think you take fewer notes. I think you start getting so disinterested that you sort of power That's down. That's exactly what happened because I was about 45 minutes in, I feel like, and I was still on my first page. And I'm like, I'm not enjoying this movie. How do I have so many, I have little notes. Um, but then, it, you know, it catches up. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I had 10 pluses, four of which were about Carl. So. <laughs> and his body. Yeah. Right. I have like 25 grievances. I did have like 10 positive points, but I mean, they're they're fleeting and silly. Yeah. They weren't like related to the plot by any means. It was just like a joke. Right. Or... Like the the yeah, the boxer who's watching the Flintstones I put down. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah. I that made me laugh. So, well, I, like, can we talk about the beginning of this movie? Holy fucking violent, the beginning of this movie. First of all, let's talk about... This movie takes place in Detroit. I find it fascinating. But first of all, you, you kill off two people who are, at, at the very least, established actors of the time. You know, Ed O'Ross, the two... The man and the woman working in the office. Ed O'Ross and Mary Ellen Trainer play these two characters. And they're both murdered, yeah. right? First of all, he's got a can of King Cobra malt liquor on the desk, as though this is just something everybody in Detroit does. Yuck. Yeah. Like big yuck. And I don't know. There's The movie is just fucking strange because the people that murder them are clearly... Murder magicians. They're like, those are special ops. So how did they get hired for but this to job? Find, but to find the word special because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, that, that's fair. they have long, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they have long hair. It's, they're smashing through windows and somebody covers their eyes from falling glass and then looks up, but they're all just gone. 
I mean, they have to, I get like if you're an elite commando unit, but they're still actual physics in the world. And they keep disappearing and reappearing (laughs) whenever the director just thinks they need to. In a way that suggests they're literally just throwing balls of magic, smoke appears and they duck by, you know, I mean, it's like they're full on David Copperfield, these killers. (laughs) But I did put as a positive point, that's a pretty fucking cool stunt. I wrote down falling fire human. (laughs) (laughs) Edo Ross on fire falling like 50 stories. That was pretty cool. I I didn't hate, I couldn't hate on it. Uh, yeah, so uh, I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> the same thing. I'm like, uh, okay, well, my first positive point was we see Biff from Back to the Future. He's a cop now. In That's the story. true. Fuck. That's like, what a pleasant surprise. I enjoyed that. You're just sort of like, Thomas F. Wilson, yeah. fuck yeah. And then he says to his partner. And his speech. Yeah, his speech. Go, please. Talking about his his night before at his house. Yeah, it was a regular fuckarama at my place. What? Surely it was not. Because nobody talks like that ever. So you know how you know how women kind of a, a, a refrain is, what do boys talk about when they're really together? <laughs> this isn't it. No. That's not how any of us actually speak. We don't say, it was a regular fuckarama at my house last night. And I I feel like I have a good idea of what boys talk about, having worked at the place that we used right. to work at. And in that, manager, that manager's office, there were some pretty disgusting things said. Coarse nonsense. Not is the only way. It was can... never something that was said. No one no. ever said that. Again, it feels kind of magicianish. Yeah, the Orama on it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just seems to be a a refrain that's repeating itself in the movie, and the movie's only five minutes old at this time, so <laughs> it's sort of alarming. Yeah. I I had a note here that said, so oh. Like, can we talk about this thief that keeps popping up in the movie? Yeah. I mean, okay, I'll take it for an opening credit scene. The cops are clearly in view of somebody who's going to snatch a purse. They can clearly see that he's looking for a purse to take. They're talking about how stupid he is. They're talking about what the audience is wondering about. Like, why doesn't this character see what everybody else in the world can see? police officers right in fucking front of him but this doesn't stop him from trying to steal a purse and then we have sort of a Medea moment where uh, you know fantastic grandma doesn't give up the purse and starts beating the kid they arrest him they take him to the the precinct and then it just gets more ridiculous from there. I mean, you could see the kick to the balls joke coming from the hooker or whoever was sitting at the desk. Yeah. When they bring this kid in, you could see that coming from a mile yeah. away. And that would never happen. She wouldn't have gotten away with that. Right, she'd probably be dead. Yeah, cops murder you for that kind of shit. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, she would have been in huge trouble. The opening scene with the guy who's going to steal the purse, given the current social injustice climate, I was nervous about what was going to happen. I didn't know. Right. First of all, I didn't. I wasn't even thinking that this guy was, oh, he's up to no good. He's trying to, like, steal something. That's not where my mind was. I was immediately worried about him, like, oh, my God, like, we got Biff. Like, is he going to be... Is he going to be Biff from Back to the Future? He's going to be a dick. Are they going to, like, gang up on this guy? Is he not? Like, I just don't know. I Right. You know what's interesting to me, though, is when you watch a lot of movies from the 80s and 90s, there is a lot of... There's a lot of space given to, say, if a cop is chasing a criminal... They would never shoot them in the back because their life's not in danger. They're just trying to catch them. There's lots of, I'm not going to shoot you unless my life is actually in danger. And it feels like there's a lot spoken to this idea of, uh, oh man, it's like that's what their training was at the time. And I have a clear sense now of what's going on in this country that police officers seem to be trained differently now. But the other thing, the other thing, because there's another refrain within movies from the 80s and 90s of because it was the 80s and 90s and because we wanted to be tough on crime, it was these people deserve to be taken down. So it's all criminals are bad and we should beat them up. That's sort of the refrain. And it's weird to see some movies that's that have a refrain of when your life's on the line, do this. But at the same time, in a comedic way, this movie is joking constantly about beating up yeah. that kid for the entire movie. You see him at the beginning of the movie and you think, okay, this is just a joke. I get it. Action Jackson is a mean cop and they're saying that Action Jackson's going to beat them up. But when you see him again later in the movie, you're like, <laughs> yeah. this kid's back? And he keeps coming back and he keeps running <laughs> you know? into action. and Yeah. He is in the <laughs> yeah. whole fucking movie. But his whole character is based on being beat up by a cop. Yeah. Or being threatened with being beat up by a cop. As a joke. Because that's <laughs> yeah. funny. How? Yeah. Ugh. Right. So, I don't know. It's weird to go back in time and watch these movies. Yeah. You look at it with a completely it's just sort different of perspective. And then think to yourself, you're like, why didn't I think that that was wrong when I watched it originally? You know? Or maybe you maybe you did. But you even have you even have a sense back then. Yeah, you do. Like I can this remember having up. a sense of Yeah. This is fucked up. Right. But for instance, you know, take Bill Duke. By the way, so between la- our last movie Commando and this movie Action Jackson, man, the whole fucking cast of Predator <laughs> yeah. is here to play. <laughs> I wasn't upset fucking about everybody. It. I liked it. You know? I, I, I keep looking on the 
the corners of the screens for Jesse Ventura to fucking pop his fucking head up. But uh, how about this idea of of Action Jackson's uh, captain, as played by Bill Duke, sending him to go babysit or kind of be a security guard at an event in Detroit for a man whose son he sent to jail? That seems like a conflict of interest. That seems like a big no-no, actually. I would just pick anybody but Action Jackson yeah, to do that Yeah, it's like job. he was hoping that Action would, would fuck up. Like maybe he needed a reason to get rid of him or... And... It was just... That was a bad right. choice. There's some weird racial shit in this movie. Yeah. Even with the character himself of Action Jackson... You have a character who's clearly the smartest person in the room, wherever he goes. But then that is contrasted by him being the worst detective I've ever seen in my life, which we'll talk about in a moment. But who went to law school at Harvard, but decided to become a beat cop in Detroit. But whose nickname is Action Jackson. Because he's so batshit crazy violent he just goes into action, which is not a great refrain you want for an African-American no, character. No, it's like they gave him all all these positive things, but it was like, even though he was potentially set up for success, you can't beat or, you you know, you can't fight. He can't fight his yeah. essential character, which is a violent yeah, black man. Yeah, it was like nature versus who nurture. Who beats people like, up. It was fucked yeah, up. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It just, it just yeah. bothers me. I thought the same thing. But I'm curious, you know, I'm curious about what Carl Weathers would think of this movie now. Yeah. Would he do it differently? I don't know. Anyway, it just it a lot of that stuff really stuck out to me as I was watching this movie. It made it kind of hard to watch. Uh, I yeah, I would agree, especially. Yeah. Given. I mean, in, in that respect, I think it was. It was okay that we watched this movie given the time, and it just kind of made you look at it with a different perspective. I mean, it is a movie. It's a ridiculous movie. It's a bad movie. So, you know, and the, the how dare yous go two ways. There are legitimately bad movies, and then there are yeah. deliciously bad <laughs> movies. And we want to celebrate the <laughs> yeah. deliciously bad movies. but And there are delicious moments in this movie. But they're few and far between. I told you in our last podcast for Commando that every single joke in that movie works for me. Every single joke in this movie falls flat. Yeah, there was like some weird delivery. Like there was a couple of them where I I had to, I needed a second. I'm like, was that supposed to be a joke? Or, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was weird. All right. Well... We're going to end this segment on that sad note. This movie's weird. This movie's bad. This movie has problems. And it makes me think of racial injustice. Let's take a break. Okay. (laughs) And then we'll come back and talk more about Action Jackson and its problems as they are. Right after this. Look. People, we're living in strange times. We know that, don't we? Of course we do. People don't even know what to do with themselves. We're getting stir-crazy. Well, get outside and get yourself some great food, I say. You need to go to Slater's 5050 in Point Loma's Liberty Station. It's time to treat yourself to booze, to beer, to burgers, and more. They have their full menu, people. 
Their full menu, I say. How many restaurants do you know that are doing that? Most places are doing a quarter of their menu, probably. Some might be doing a half. Maybe a few have got three quarters of a menu. But Slater's 50-50 has their full menu, including their signature 50-50 patty. It's half ground beef. It's half ground bacon. It's 100% delicious. What more could you possibly ask? Worried about social distancing? Well, it is in place, people. Tables are separated, and the staff will always be seen wearing masks. You're out of excuses. Get off your keister and come on down to Liberty Station's own Slater's 5050. Indoor dining available. Outdoor dining available. Bring the family. Bring your dog. Come enjoy the normal again. Good day to you. I said good day. And we're back. I'm here with Lady Chu. We're talking about Action Jackson, a 1988 movie. It's just riddled with problems. Uh, yeah. Let's let's try to lighten it up, Chu. Let's get back to this just fucking silly movie. How about this scene? I want to talk about the scene where... Well, should we have you describe oh, the plot? The, I, this was when I was watching this. I was like, I don't want to just... Oh, fuck. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do it. I need a second. All right. Um, I understand. For starters, let's just talk about... No, well, I'll let you go. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> Detroit Cop, which for whatever reason nobody likes, gets involved in an auto mogul, mogul I guess, um, and mm-hmm. he gets framed for all the auto mogul's shenanigans and just garbage ensues. <laughs> Straight garbage. <laughs> Succinctly put. But I think, so that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. First of all, can we talk about the fact that this movie involves a murderous car executive? Like, how random. Yes. Kind of weak shit, right? Like, I mean, that was bottom of the barrel. So strange. Like only an 80s, only an 80s villain when we're talking about sort of the success of whatever, what, you know, the everything that's happening yeah. in Detroit, you know. Because cars, you know, we talked about in the 80s, we talked about like how important the car business was to America, how it kind of built the middle class and all of that. And so just this idea of the murderous car executive, an evil car executive is simultaneously the (laughs) dumbest and most brilliant stroke of nonsense in this yeah. movie and he's played and he's played by craig t nelson yeah. which just makes it all the I better like craig that is great yeah he's great he's fantastic yeah i also so but you know he's got the, these murder magicians <laughs> that are clearly working for him and i want to talk about the scene where they kill I, so basically the plot what you counted as nonsense. Essentially, you have a cop who has a connect to this car executive. Upon finding out that this car executive has become man of the year, I would say this story is about Action Jackson vowing to take him down. Yeah. 
right? That's what this movie's about. So, and and through the course of it, you have a lot of nonsense about he is being framed for murder, which we'll talk about in a second. But before that, I want to talk about this. So he's murdering a bunch of people from... I think he's murdering... Who the fuck is he murdering? (laughs) (laughs) I think he's trying to ultimately kill that guy Foss or Floss. I think it's Foss. Yeah, but he's killing several people. He's killing a bunch of guys. And I think they all have to do... They're kind of like um, Teamsters, right? Yeah, it's like a union, but... They're, they're, yeah. He's trying to, like, bust unions, essentially, isn't he? So I think he's trying to take out union guys, and there's that guy on the boat that he murders with the magical magicians. Yeah. See, this is just an example, you guys, of how ridiculous this movie is because neither one of us are really quite sure what the details are. Yeah, I I know. <laughs> so, so, but I love that scene because first of all, you have the, I guess the teamster dude, he's sort of a Jimmy Hoffa yeah. kind of guy and he's on his boat, but he's got bodyguards, but the bodyguards are all being murdered by the murder magicians. And then they're knocking as his bodyguards on the door and he's like, I'm fucking busy. <laughs> <laughs> And he's threatening the bodyguards as if he's going to beat them up, even though he's, you know, just your average portly, you know, business guy. And then they hand him a box with a bomb after punching him to the ground, I think. He opens the box and it's an eight second bomb. There's like eight seconds left on this bomb. And I just think, hey, murderers, (laughs) is that enough time for you to get off this boat? Oh, that's right. I forgot. Magicians, You're burger magicians. So, yeah, that's plenty of time. So you have you have this establishing shot of the world's biggest explosion and a tiny little boat in front of where they're like, <laughs> and they're like eight of them in a little raft with this huge explosion behind them, and you could see their long magician hair. And it's how did fucking... they get into the boat and that far away in eight seconds? Magic. That's all I'm asking. That's all I want to know. magic. Yeah. Fucking t-shirt. Write it down, Chew. Done. <laughs> Murder magicians. <laughs> you have to get the long, the long. And you know what I want? Too. Yeah. You know what the picture should be? It should be the picture of the explosion with the silhouette yeah. of them in front. Murder magicians. Done done. Fucking great. So, and uh, here's another note I have. There is a lot of... A lot, a lot of gratuitous, unnecessary boob in this movie. Again, last week we had boob and I was like, whoa, crazy. This week, boobs. That was a note. That was a positive point. Boobs in all caps for me. Yeah. Oh, really? It was a grievance for me. I put, I have three notes. Gratuitous boobs, more boobs, Dead boobs. Yeah. (laughs) I think it wasn't a grievance for me because I was so surprised by it. Again, like, I, this is an 80s movie, so I, I automatically assume it's going to be like more PG-13, but boobs. But, but when you, with the knowledge we have now of how often 
and how pervasive women were. Hey, you want to be in the movie? Show me boobs. Yeah. Show me boobs. Show me boobs in the casting office. Show me boobs on screen. Show me boobs after we're done filming, so you can do another movie. That okay, kind well, of shit. Okay, well, if you shit. put it that way, now I'm an asshole. And so, <laughs> so <laughs> my shit. all good points. You're such, you're such a bad person. That's all, that's all I'm trying to say here. I'm sorry to any actress who felt pressured to show her breasts to get this abysmal part. But it's like. But I mean, it's so, you know, it's it's so 80s because she, I forget. So, by the way, we're talking about Vanity and Sharon Stone. Vanity, who I feel at the time people were confusing with Apollonia. They didn't know who was who. And Apollonia was in Purple Rain with Prince and Vanity was in everything else. But you still got them confused. But Vanity is playing Craig T. Nelson's girlfriend. His, his yeah. Sharon Stone is his wife. Vanity is his girlfriend. And you have this terrible scene where she, I, I forget, she wants something. And he gives, he, of course, says, give me two reasons yeah. I should do that. And just down comes the top. Boobs. Then he lays her down on the bed. Then you have the camera right by her side on her boob. When he pulls out what you think is going to be jewelry, a necklace, no, no, my friends, it's just a fancy needle for her to shoot up heroin, and he lays it on her boob. Yeah. That Ugh. was so bizarre. In fact, I wasn't even sure that it was heroin <laughs> at first because it was in such a fancy needle. I didn't even know what it was right. at first. Well, I and I don't even know if it is heroin. Is it heroin well, or is it something like, else? You know, like as soon as she gets injected, she kind of like, you know, loses focus sort of. And then she does. She is referred to a junkie later on in the movie. So I'm assuming it's heroin. By Action Jackson, yeah. by the way. So he doesn't keep good company. But this is the lo- but this is the love story, That's too. Weird. These two characters are falling in love. And I've never seen two people more ill-suited for each other. But basically, it's like, she's hot, he's hot, so at the end, they got to fall in love, right? Yeah. No. It's total 80s logic. Before we move on (laughs) to uh, Craig T. Nelson and Vanity, their scenes together, she's singing to him in the the bar, and he's being super creeps in the dark drinking a bottle of champagne and smoking a cigarette. And then at the end, she asks for, she's like, oh, I'm not going to get a standing ovation. And he says, you're getting one. Is that a boner joke? I uh, I, I have the same note. Is he talking about his wiener? I think he is. He didn't, he didn't seem to make it sexualized, It was just kind of though. aggressive, like, well, you're getting one. It's more like, it, it was more like, when I stare at you intently like I want to murder you, that means I'm <laughs> I'm giving you a standing ovation. <laughs> and that might make sense later on because we we find out he's a cold motherfucker. He is. He's a bad guy. And the funny thing is though is he's such a piece of shit, <laughs> but but that's the acting. Yeah. Craig T. Nelson is a good bad guy in this movie because you fucking hate his guts. Yeah, he's good. But he is a melodramatic. 
murderer in this movie. Like, over the top. Are we going to talk about how we're supposed to believe that Craig T. Nelson is very skilled in martial arts? (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) I was... uh, I was hoping you would bring that up. Yeah. Um, You have this great scene. Well, great being relative. But this scene where he is clearly in a lesson with a man who clearly knows some. Is it what? I don't even know. Taekwondo or what what are they doing? Unfortunately, I don't know the difference. (laughs) All right. Me neither. (laughs) What the fuck do I know? But he ends up breaking the man's arm and then telling him, lesson over. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh, you'll be talking to my lawyer, sir. <laughs> yeah, you're a dick. <laughs> you don't just break my arm. How dare you? Stupid. I hated that. Dumb. Yeah, it was terrible. But I don't blame Craig no. T. Nelson. I think he sells it as Absolutely. best he can. Yeah, not his fault. Yeah. So how about... How about the I gotta catch a cab scene? That was my next note. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Hey. All right. Um, Fucking A. Unrealistic stunts. Like, Carl Weathers is a very fit and in shape guy. But he is not going to be right. fast enough but, to pace a taxi. So that, that's the first thing I want to talk about is he's talking to Vanity. He, Vanity or Sharon Stone? Sharon Stone. They meet in the bar and then the taxi cab okay. tries to run them over. So the taxi tries to run them over. He pushes her out of the way, leaps yeah. over a car himself. And then, of course, like I said, jokes that don't work, says, I got to catch a cab. Stop it. But I believe his own car is right yeah, next to him. Yeah, why did he use his own car? He does, yeah, he does not choose to get into his car and chase the cab. He, I presume, because we find out that he was a track star, decides to run the cab down and jumps and on top of it is so strong that he punches the windshield out of the car. Because enough (laughs) is enough. (laughs) And he jumps over the cab as it's coming towards. So that's the thing. So so he's on top of the cab. The murderer in the cab, not Craig T. Nelson, but. Yeah. You know, some guy, some action jack, like later that. Yeah, yeah, the hitman starts shooting at the at the top of the car. At one point you're seeing bullet holes, another part you're not seeing bullet holes. Then Action Jackson literally says, "Enough is enough," punches the windshield. He hits the brakes, Action Jackson falls off the car. Which is about the point where you're going to have to start calling an ambulance for Action Jackson, but he's fine. Then this man in the taxi, I call him sunglasses killer. <laughs> That's solid. Because he's just always wearing sunglasses. He picks up his gun, starts pointing it at Action Jackson, and Action Jackson convinces him to not shoot him but run him over. Are you fucking kidding me? 
hard sell. <laughs> you don't want to do that. It's too easy. Come on, run me over. And the guy's holding the gun. He's like, yeah, I should run him over. Puts the gun away, stomps on the gas. Action Jackson jumps over the car. And this this car, you know, it's one of those Hollywood stunts where yeah. it flips over. It's like it hits a car, but instead of just hitting a car and stopping, the hitting the car makes it flip over into a building. Action Jackson gets into the building, maybe in the neighborhood of three to seven seconds after the car has flipped through the building. Killer, gone. Amazing. Another... Another magical magician murderer just disappeared. <laughs> There's so much fucking disappearing in this movie. Ugh. Hated it. <laughs> just. <laughs> All right. Okay. I Now, I've referenced uh, several times in this podcast that Action Jackson is a terrible cop. So let's talk about this for a moment. Because Robert Davi is in this movie and he gets murdered, right? He gets murdered yep. by Sunglasses Killer. He is, you find out that he ran track with Action Jackson in high school. Action Jackson literally just visited him. He's getting on an elevator that the murderer is getting off of. He's dressed as like a UPS man. He's got a clipboard in his hands. And then he shoots Robert Davi through the clipboard and delivers the golden line, C-O-D. Yeah. I had to look up C-O-D. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I think it's cash on delivery and or something else that I don't remember. Cash on delivery. There's also some reference to a dead person that I thought I remember reading, but I know about cash on delivery. At any rate, all I'm saying is, Action Jackson, you're supposed to notice the details. If you notice a man with a clipboard with a murderous stare, all right, I'll give you not the murderous yeah. stare because he's wearing the sunglasses, but still, if your friend was murdered with a hole blown through a clipboard... I'm Didn't just saying, hey, I, I saw a guy with a clipboard. Also might indicate that Action Jackson did not kill him. Yeah. So I'm not so sure of the framing. But there are several of these moments that Action Jackson should have noticed something where he doesn't. There's some plot holes. That just, He's no, just everyone clueless. Everyone just kind of grazed over. <laughs> <laughs> stupid oh and then they kill sharon first of all i was pleasantly surprised when i found right. out that she was in the movie i was like oh fantastic again i'm setting my expectations up a little high because i see sharon stone on the list of cast and i'm like oh i love casino she's amazing it's one of my favorite characters of all time ginger let's fuck this up no this was way before <laughs> casino she was not an Oscar Oh, way before. Yet. And then they kill her. Well, she's not an Oscar winner, Chew. <gasps> she's no, a Golden Globe that. winner. Well, either way, she's amazing. Yeah. Either way. Um, oh, I agree. But then they kill her off. Shit. Big Sharon Stone fan, 
But that's the yeah, that's the dead is. boob scene. Like, do we really need to see her dead much. boobs? Like, I'm not watching Forensic Files, you know? If you want to turn on men, or if you want men to be better, don't try to turn them <laughs> on with dead that's, boobs. You're, you're creating a whole other monster. That's what that is. Right. <laughs> 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 that's a hard pass for me. Yeah. We're, yeah, right. I mean, I, I see a dead body in his bed. So this is another framing job. Craig T. Nelson murders his wife, puts her in Action Jackson's bed, being sure to reveal her boobs to the audience. While cops stand over her going, I don't know, you think Action Jackson would do this? It's just terrible. How about that moment? It must have been before dead boobs because the cops weren't actively chasing him yet. But how about these this total like Looney Tunes wild E coyote moment where Action Jackson goes back to the precinct and a beat cop or like either the desk sergeant hands him a piece of paper. And the captain, Bill Duke, goes, Hey, where's Jackson? And then cut to the beat cop still there, Action Jackson gone, and the paper fluttering in the air like he just... <laughs> Again, whoosh, more magic. I, complete more magic. And st- like I just completely and totally reminds yeah. me of a Wile E. Coyote cartoon. All right. That's enough of that. We're going to take one more break, and then we'll come back and finish this ridiculous piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> right after this. Stay tuned. I like to think I know something about beer, but nowadays even I get overwhelmed when confronted by the exhaustive selection of craft beers they have at bars, breweries, and even grocery stores. Back in the day you had one, maybe two craft beers to choose from, and if you were confused, you ordered a Guinness. But in beer stations like San Diego, the craft beer options lately are in double, sometimes even triple, digits. So what's a beer drinker to do? You need what I need, the Vegas Beer Guys. Your beer of choice should be a perfect blend of malt and hops. And so a live show about beer needs that same balance. And the Vegas Beer Guys matches beer expert Dan Aker with self-proclaimed beer novice Stephen J. Weiss. The results are eminently drinkable. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherpas guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer. And we are back yet again here talking about Action Jackson Chew. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We've left. We we haven't talked about. There is so much strange nonsense in this movie. You know, scenes that. Yeah. Go nowhere for no reason. Other. I don't know. There's this scene where he has to pretend to be preaching to save vanity and himself from getting his balls cut off. Yeah. What? And and also this goes this kind of speaks to the worst cop moment because he doesn't seem to understand that he's in danger. <laughs> like 
Like he yeah. sees a a jar with balls in it and has not put together that he's about to lose his balls. By the way, the guy who shows him the balls, the guy on the plane in Commando. Oh. That gets his neck broke. Yeah. Yeah. So these two movies and the movie Predator are just Same an people. intertwined. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, I don't know. It's ugly. Same cast, three completely different movies. <laughs> what the fuck? Right. Yeah, he does it. He it's wasn't very Oedipus. It's very Oedipus to me, these three movies together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're all intertwined in an ugly way, and somebody's fucking his own mom. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Not in reality, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this preacher scene where he, like, it's designed for humor, but not funny. It was not funny. No. And it sucks because I want Carl Weathers to be funny. I believe he probably can be funny. But they didn't allow him to be funny. Well, so also, because everybody who talks about Action Jackson talks about him as being Action Jackson. You know what I mean? So he's... I, I, a loose cannon. He's dangerous. He's he's gonna fuck some shit up. But we're talking about a man who's presented by Carl Weathers as the nicest, most charming, kindest person you might meet on the Detroit police like, force. Like I'm kind of in love with him. Right. Yeah. There is no reason not to love that man. Smart, capable, awesome. Uh, handsome as fuck. You forgot that. Do not disagree. God. Has his shirt come off yet? I am. Because we're going <laughs> to talk about When it. does his shirt first come off? Well, they're in the hotel room, so it's off there. And then she's, Vanity's ragging on him because he wasn't interested in having sex with her. I'm like, why weren't you interested in having sex with him? He's gorgeous. <laughs> Jeez. Pull your head out of your ass, Vanity. Damn. You, by the way, are a junkie. So... <laughs> God knows what I'm going to catch. <laughs> we are we are right in the AIDS pandemic. Like let's oh, that's right. ease up yeah. there, lady. Like, She's she was take playing it easy. with fire. That's for sure. Again, I note why are these two people falling in love? Do not belong together. A junkie singer and a lawyer cop. Yeah. Don't see it. And they didn't even have chemistry, so I can't even I can't even use that. Right. As a, oh, well, you know, they had chemistry, though, even though they're on two different ends of the spectrum. No, there was nothing. He had way more chemistry with Sharon Stone. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they were going to get together. Yeah. But nope. Craig well, killed her. Then so. she, nope. Then it, then it was dead boobs. Yep. Speaking of her dead corpse, I swear to God, I thought Craig T. Nelson was going to make out with that dead corpse. <laughs> he was so cold. That's how freaky cold he yeah. was. I thought he was going to, well, let's just unbutton this and <laughs> wipe up a little yeah. bit of this blood. And then, yeah. Yeah, he really did a great job of just acting like he just did not give a fuck. The creepiest motherfucker in the yeah. world. How has he been fooling the world? Like, how did he become man of the year? That's what I want to know. I don't know. He wasn't particularly charming. 
this character. You right. Know, he was just mean. <laughs> he was just a mean <laughs> You're man. You're a mean man, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about one thing that completely baffles me is Action Jackson goes to a salon to talk to a hairdresser who apparently knows everything about Craig T. Nelson's business. How? And why didn't she, why didn't he go to her out, earlier? Right? Like, what the fuck? Question mark. How does she have this information? And she spills that shit out quick. Like, she was just waiting mm-hmm. for somebody to ask about Craig. She's like, oh, yeah, I know Craig. Oh, my, no- my note... My note is, oh, exposition dump. (laughs) (laughs) She knows all this information because the script needs her to know this information. And she's also awesome in the scene. She's like fantastic and like fun and charming and like great actor. I I don't know who it is, but I loved her. It's like the writers had realized they'd burned so much useless time that they were getting towards the end, we're like, oh, we got to wrap things up. And then they just came up with a quick fix. Right. Something as random as a hairdresser. Is, this, is, that, is that scene the precursor that gets us to the kind of factory setting where he's caught? I, I think so. Yeah. Right? And he's caught and they have him kind of locked up. Yeah. With his shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With his shirt off. (laughs) Man. (laughs) Carl Weathers in bondage is triggering for you, my friend. You are into it. Just, wow. Good for Carl. Tell your husband to be on the lookout. I've already told him. He didn't care. He couldn't have been less (laughs) interested in what I had to say. I think he was still upset by the fact that I said I didn't like Commando. So put me in the... he was probably wasn't speaking to you <laughs> yeah rightly so might i add <laughs> rightly so <laughs> i'm just saying if carl weathers happened to walk by your house you'd be like later chew <laughs> yeah. I would, yeah sorry we you and i are done for at least the next 20 minutes <laughs> If Carl will have me. (laughs) Fantastic. Okay, so we have the scene, right? Like, he's tied up. Craig T. Nelson. And, of course, like, you know, Craig T. Nelson being the piece of shit that he is, the character. So you have another racist moment where he tells him that Sunglasses Killer is going to pose as him and murder someone. And then secretly whispers to him because, what is it? Most of us think you all look alike or what? Yeah, something to that effect of. I I missed that, actually. But as soon as really? you said that Sunglasses Killer was going to pretend to be action, yeah. I literally just thought, I'm like, well, that's fucked up. Why? Because they're all black. They look like that. Right. That's not okay. So he drops that little, he drops that little racist bomb nugget. That's not cool. Right in his lap. As though, I, just to make him more evil, I guess. But since the movie has so many problems with race anyway, it's 
hard to try and make a point about how awful that is. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's saying this because he's a bad white man. <laughs> Yeah. But the whole movie's bad because I that's just the way Hollywood is. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, fuck, man. Like, uh, there's just so many wrong things in this movie. It's a shame that race had to have, like, had to be on that list of bad things. Like, that wasn't necessary. We could have just done right. this whole, we could have done this differently. But it also speaks to this idea that, you know, a thing that was just, present in 80s movies overt racism yeah. let it slide yeah. you know fuck boo all right boo. but it does lead us it does lead us to my favorite moment in the entire movie <laughs> a who's saving the day somebody saves action jackson in that moment who helps Chew, I watched this movie like fucking yesterday. Same. I can't remember what happened. That's how bad this movie um, is. I know. Who say who helps Action Jackson in this moment? I don't think it's Vanity, right? No. She's worth it. Oh no, okay. it's Vanity's bodyguard. That's who it is. Vanity's bodyguard, oh, the big yeah. guy. The big the big bald because guy. Because he he f- runs into them earlier in the movie in the bar and he's like, "Oh, wait a second. And they right. just skim right over that. Oh, yeah. So he helps him out, helps him escape the clutches. Then a killer who looks remarkably like Huey Lewis <laughs> picks up a rocket launcher and fails to kill Action Jackson and a large man who's probably at least 300 pounds. Not, not what I would describe as spry, but they are dodging... At least eight shots from a rocket launcher. Amazing. More just, movie magic. Just barely missing them behind. So we got explosions. They're ducking because, you know, heat. And they're like, ooh, that's hot. <laughs> and <laughs> they get to the side of the building and the guy doesn't know which way to look. Here's, hey, over here. And, you know, anyway, they yeah. punch him out. Action Jackson picks up the grenade launcher. Favorite line in the movie. It was the reason we went to go see the movie when we were uh, 16 or 17, whenever we saw this. And he says, barbecue, huh? How do you like your ribs? <laughs> Kerblooey just blows that guy the fuck up. Huey Lewis is extra dead. He's he's Stellan Skarsgård extra dead. <laughs> Super dead. Or no, sorry, super dead. My bad. He's super, super dead. Oh, wow. What a magical moment. I think that's a stretch. But, okay. Come on. Barbecue, huh? How do you like your ribs? Best moment in the movie. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let you have that. That's fine. <laughs> At this point, best moments in the movie are slim pickings. So... They're few and far between, yeah. no doubt about that. All right, so we get to the party, right? Yep. I Yeah. Not only is Action Jackson, like, Action Jackson loses his ID at one point and says, hey, have you seen my ID? I'm like, fucking Action Jackson, will you get your shit together, please? <laughs> but also, I think Craig T. Nelson might be the worst bad guy villain in the world because 
So they ha- they're having this party. He's trying to have somebody assassinated by Sunglasses Killer. Sunglasses Killer, clearly visible, just sitting in a tree with a rifle. You're telling me none of those people and- noticed him? Yeah. Everybody at the party, just look to your right. <laughs> He's there. <laughs> like, that's how bad it is. Action Jackson is just dressed in a tuxedo. He's wanted by the police and by Craig T. Nelson's magical henchmen, the magic murderers, and just happens to be walking behind everybody so they can't see him. It's like if they had turned a half a second ago, they'd have caught Action Jackson. But he's just blending in. He's blending in, Chew. He's just like, I'm a ghost. Can't see me. Can't see me. Even though he's just standing there in plain sight. A large gorgeous black man in a tuxedo goes unnoticed by everyone at the party. Wanted by the police, wanted by magic murderers. Nobody sees him. Dumb. D-U-M. Dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's another t-shirt. I want a t-shirt that just says dumb. D-U-M. I say that all the time. Really? All right. Fuck yeah. Cool. Fucking great. D-U-M. So anyway, he drags sunglasses out of the tree. He, of course, falls on a fence, kills. <laughs> but Craig T. Nelson... <laughs> For all that trouble, that's how he dies. Yeah, just like, whatever, he's dead. Craig T. Nelson, who needs to escape, right? He's been found out. Everybody knows he's a murderous piece of shit because the guy he was trying to assassinate got shot in the shoulder... Yeah. And then somebody who was scared, who was on his payroll, goes, it was him! It was him! He did it! (laughs) That guy gets murdered. Craig T. Nelson runs into his own house. He's asking, I think, for a helicopter. Instead of just getting on the helicopter and getting the fuck out, he tries to shoot up Vanity with heroin again. Weird. (laughs) It's so stupid. Well, maybe that ties back to, I think... In the barbecue scene, before people started getting barbecued, Craig T. Nelson was telling Action that about his plan, and he was talking about Vanity, and he said, not until I fuck her one last time. Which is, by the way, whoa, whoa, pump the brakes. Easy. So maybe that's what he was doing. His time was running out, and the only reason he could have sex with her if she was doped up on heroin. I'm not a rapist. But you kind of are. Fuck. Well, no, I'm not. No, he is a rapist, but not a rapist by force. <laughs> I want her. He's going the Bill Cosby method. I want a drugger first. Ooh, that's a. Bill Cosby, not a role model. <laughs> Fuck you, Greg T. Nelson. Not you personally, your yeah. character. Craig's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but then you have Action Jackson driving a. Well, it's supposed to be one of Craig T. Nelson's cars, but it looks very much like a Ferrari. And he's driving it through the house, upstairs. Up the stairs. Those stairs were wide enough to fit a car. But, like, have 90-degree turns. That's a big house. (laughs) These stairs. Big house with a tiny car. I don't know. Slams it into his bedroom, and then they have to have their judo fight. Hilarious. I... Oh, man. 
So if you watch this movie, see Carl Weathers standing next to Craig T. Nelson, you're going to think, no offense, Craig T., that's a fight that's going to last about five seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which it should have. Yeah. Right. Now, it lasts maybe a little bit, you know, it does, it does not last a, a an inordinate amount of time, but way too long for Craig T. Nelson to, like, have some good shots. Yeah. But he's losing to the point where he goes to get his gun, which is another magical moment because it's you, know, you have this sense of Carl Weathers sees him going for the gun and he says, no, <laughs> but he says it in a way where he's saying that's completely not fair. <laughs> it was pretty magical. <laughs> and they shoot each other. But Action Jackson gets the kill yeah. shot. That's a pretty good kill scene, though. Slow motion, Craig T. Nelson yeah, death. Good. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was decent work. I was happy to see him get his comeuppance. Yeah, and then he has a very, very quick moment with Vanity, and she says that she's gonna get clean. Yeah. yeah. How about if you were with a former junkie? And then. Which is the moment that his captain decides to make him a lieutenant again. Yeah. Five minutes before this, he was wanted for murder. Amazing. Now now he's re-promoted back from sergeant to lieutenant. Hey, captain, want to sort this out first, maybe? <laughs> Let's do a debrief before we start handing yeah, out promotions. commendations yeah. and promotions, please. Doesn't make any sense. I have nothing. I have nothing left for this movie, Chew. Yeah. I'm done. And then the movie ends. That's it. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Oh, wait. You did. You're promoted. You did, done. Um, you did say that Biff from Back to the Future said something funny at the end. What did he say? I did say that. What the, hang on. I got to find it in my notes. He says, whoa, this is one dead piece of shit car builder. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good That's line. Long. It was a positive point for me in a movie that had very few positive points. Yeah. You know, would you recommend this absolutely movie? Absolutely not. The only thing me neither. better, not better. Nothing was better than Carl Weathers. I just all around. I'd, yeah. I'd love him, obviously. Carl Weathers is a football player who became a completely, totally solid actor. Yes. One hundred percent. Fuck. Yeah. Fucking a. But the only thing that I liked um, in the movie besides Carl Weathers was I'm going to keep calling him Biff because because he's Biff uh, <laughs> was his opening line saying that he had a regular fuckarama at my place. Yeah. Other um, than it, Carl Weathers, he's the only person in this movie you like. Yes. I suppose that's not true. I mean, you could like Bill Duke, but. Yeah, he didn't play that big of a part, though. The, but he's not yeah. that, yeah, he's not very present. I'm glad this movie is over. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> yeah. Skip it. <laughs> <laughs> is this the main, is this like the first movie that we've been completely 100% on the same page with? It's a good question. I think we both we were both kind of on the same page with Vertical Limit. Yeah. 
Well, I mean on something that we hated, I guess. I guess this might be the first. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. First thing we both hated. Yeah, we both don't like yeah. it. And for good reason. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it, everyone. For Michelle Chu, I'm Michael Schantz. Schantz, right, Chu? It's just Schantz. You don't even know how to pronounce your own last name. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for today. Stay tuned for our next episode. Chu's going to watch Jaws and finally get her shit together. <laughs> All right, guys. Say bye. Say bye, Chu. Bye. <laughs>